The Orthodox Union, the nation's oldest and largest umbrella organization for the Orthodox Jewish community, today announced the creation, this goes back to October 24th, announced the creation of the Department of Women's Initiatives to coordinate all of the OU's programming for women. Rebetzin Dr. Adina Schmidman, who's with us in studio, will lead the new department, which will be committed to advancing the spiritual, religious, and communal involvement of women at all stages of life and within all segments of the Orthodox community. Robertson Schmidman is known as a dynamic community leader and teacher for more than two decades in New York, Alabama, and Pennsylvania. Serves currently as the Robertson in the Lower Merion Synagogue in Ballack-Kinwood, founding chair of the Robertson Elaine Wolf Robertson to Robertson Mentoring Program at Yeshiva University's Center for the Jewish Future. She began as director of the Department of Women's Initiatives on November the 1st of this year. Rebitson Dr. Adina Schmidman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I greatly appreciate that. Um, I guess the, the I guess the first thing to ask is why did the OU create this new position? The OU's been working on this position for a very long time. They're highly committed and realize the power of women and what women bring to the table and what women can contribute. And they're very excited to launch this and throw a lot of resources and, uh, I guess, woman power (laughs) behind it. Has there been a lack of, from your perspective, has there been a lack of attention to women's programming, to uh, women's uh, efforts in the Jewish community in the United States to this point? Like what, how would you evaluate how the women's role is uh, is seen until uh, sure now? I'm not sure if I would say lack of programming, but I think that recognizing what women bring to the table, I think that there can be, and this isn't a particular opportunity to really expand and enrich the opportunities and capitalize on the strengths that women introduce both to their homes and to their communities. And is this an effort to bring women into more leadership roles in our community? Is it a... I think so. I think the the effort is to recognize where women can contribute, to figure out within communities, within shuls, what leadership positions are available, obviously within the parameters of Orthodox Judaism, right. and take those opportunities and utilize them to the best of women's abilities. How will all this manifest itself? What what changes will we see? What uh, progress will be made because of what? Because of what tangible or somewhat tangible things are going to be going on? I think that's a really great question. We're looking at national programming, so we're looking at expanded Torah opportunities. We're obviously working, we're coming through a portal of Torah. Right. We're looking at community learning opportunities. We're looking at addressing particular needs of women within the scope of wellness, mental health issues, uh, issues that, are, that present themselves and can be uh, further explored for, for women. We're looking at standardization of practice, uh, leadership training, and taking the role of roles that already exist and giving women the skills and the resources to uh, 
really capitalize on the positions that they're in. And to advance further, I guess. All right, now that the formal part of this conversation <laughs> has taken place and the, the press release analysis has concluded, right. now, now you and I can actually schmooze about the importance of this whole thing. There are many who would say that there, there, that there really is no formal um, program uh, for women needed. Uh, you know, whether it be in this country or really anywhere else. And, and what we just need to do is to continue to enhance the role of the Rebitsons and other, you know, women's leadership around the country and to influence those younger women that they interact with you know, to get more involved and to be more educated, etc. If not for the pressure from other segments of the community to formalize the role of women in religious life in our community, would we even need to to answer with this type of initiative? I don't feel that the initiative is necessarily answering to something. I think that it's looking at what women can contribute and investing in women because by investing in women, you're really investing in the community and on a whole. And formalizing it. And formalizing making it. Making it an official program has a benefit. I'm not being skeptical, by yeah, the way. No, I, I, I want to understand. I, yeah, I, there I think definitely so. is a better. It could go further. It could be. It could be. It's more structured. So right. you have, you know, you have a lot of resources that are now being targeted, uh, results that are being measured. So you you can you can track this. So it's not just you know sort of dumping things in a you know on the community in a haphazard way. You have a method of rolling something out and tracking it and and doing it in a process driven way. And I think that that's very important in. Uh, creating impactful programming that uh, programming that can be replicated, programming that can be sustained, and programming that's valuable. All right. Uh, Rebetzin Adina Schmidman is here talking about the brand new uh, OU's creation at the Department of Women's Initiatives, which has begun earlier this month. Um, I'm amazed at some of the efforts that are made, especially among the younger women in our community, um, to advance in some of the areas you mentioned, whether it's Torah study, whether it's leadership roles, whether it's being active in the community, whether it's taking a role in different parts of this country in different ways, which you've done quite obviously. Um, and I wonder if it's much different than what was going on in our community, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Do you see a, a certain type of energy or a certain type of, um, of um, commitment that younger women in our community, I'm speaking specifically now, Orthodox young Jewish women that are making, uh, which is much further and much better than it was years ago? I think today there are a lot of distractions, and perhaps that's the reason why it needs to be formalized in this way. Truthfully, I brought in yesterday to the office a picture of my great-grandmother standing in a row of women with Eleanor Roosevelt. And my great-grandmother was the head of the Yeshiva University's women's organization as well as the Chavetz Chaim's women's organization. And that was in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. Women have been involved and been involved actively. My grandmother was a very active Rebetzin in the Great Neck Synagogue for over 50 years. So it's not that women haven't been involved, but I think when you want to draw women in in today's day and age, I think having a formalized structure allows women to access programming in a way that 
facilitates them carrying it forward. And I think there's so much going on today. Right, the busyness makes it necessary. I think so. Because otherwise people are not focused, they're just... And I think there are also Everywhere. women are juggling a lot. Right. And I once heard a great line, or, or I would say a great metaphor, that you know there are a lot of there are a lot of balls up in the air. The question is, you know, what's made, which ball is rubber, which ball is crystal? Right. How, how do you how do you how do you navigate that? So I think by sort of laying this out and uh, creating something that's deliverable to the communities, uh, coming from the national office right. of the Orthodox Union, and they have the regional and then the local along with Yachad, NCSY, JLIC, Synagogue and Community Services, you, you now can take these programs and you have the way to, to move them out. You have a latent brain trust within the Orthodox Union, within all these departments, that can be tapped into. So it's, it's very, very exciting. Herbert and Adina Schmidman is here. Are you inviting women from around the country to take formal roles, to be part of, I don't know, a board or committee or... So we are looking at developing a think tank, uh, and what's wonderful is I've already heard from women yeah, what's the un- unsolicited who have reached out, women who I've interacted with. One woman reached out to me. I haven't, heard, I haven't seen her in a very long time and reached out with a very positive email and saying that she would like to be involved. And then I heard from a Rebbitson in Los Angeles who I've never met who we ended up having a conversation yesterday, and it was exceptionally valuable, and she has insight. So I think there's so many women who want to be involved, want to contribute. I find that from every conversation that I have, there's there's something to learn, something to grab onto. And <laughs> I use the metaphor uh, or the imagery of being in a candy store. It's <laughs> just we have to pace ourselves <laughs> because right. there's there's so much that can be done in a creative uh energizing wonderful way in a positive way and we just need to put that together to be able to move these things out some might argue and i don't mean to belabor this but today's the day to do it because going forward we're not gonna be able to some might argue that a lot of this has been done before some might argue that you know when you when you look at the ou for instance with their vast programming you know attracting so many people uh, and much of it, and a lot of it, I should say, you know, two two women, you know, programming that that is attractive to women around the country. Um, some might say that a lot of this has already been happening. That a lot of this has been, you know, out there in a somewhat formal manner. And we're standing on those shoulders and using those programs to move even uh, further. Right. So it's not, you know, we're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. I think in some respects we are in terms of different ideas. We obviously want to bring a sense of freshness and newness and creativity to the table, certainly. Uh, but I think sometimes it's taking the same program, repackaging it and reframing it and, you know, utilizing what already exists. It does not have to be something exclusively, you know, brand new. Rabbits and Dr. Adina Schmidman is here. I, I, I assume this has already happened, but I would guess that there are women who never would have brought certain things to the table. But now because there's a woman in your position, in this extended leadership position, now they're prepared or they're more comfortable to you know, discuss certain things or to discuss you know, what they feel needs to be done for them in the community. I hope so. I mean, that's the intent, that there is now an address for women right. to approach, and not just women. I was at a program on Monday, the NCSY Jump program, and I sat on a panel. Uh, we were uh, presenting the idea of a synagogue uh, challenge for these young uh, 
students. And one young woman approached me saying that she, uh, in her community, she does not see her Rebbitzin as a role model. And who should she look toward if she wants right. to, you know, to have that role to model? To emulate somebody. To emulate somebody. And I, I think not in a self-promotional way, but by the nature of the, of the department, it's, it's putting women on, on the radar uh, it's allowing access to women uh, in a way that can showcase women's roles and opportunities for young women. So it's not just about programming, but it's giving, uh, it's giving the community access to women figures in a very healthy, active way. And hopefully some of the young people will emulate them and, and want to be like them and, and, and assume the same positions that they're assuming now at some future time. Correct. Um, do you enjoy being a Rebbitson? I love being a Rebbitson. And you would describe <laughs> it as what? As fun? As you know, what, what words would you use to describe the experience of being a Rebbitson in a community? F- fun works its way in or yeah, not? not? I don't know if I would use the word fun. <laughs> I would use the word impactful. Right. I would use the word... I guess a, a similar word to impactful, far-reaching. So it's enjoyable because you feel you make a difference. You feel the progress. You feel the you know being on the road to something and, and making you know progress on that road. I think that I feel like I can contribute in a way that really helps people and touches people and allows people to connect and have a resource. It's an opportunity to give in a very profound way. It's a sense of responsibility. It's not, right. you know, I, and I don't, I don't treat it lightly. I treat it with reverence and respect. It's, a, it's an important position to be in. And, and that's really why we launched the Rebbitzin Elaine Wolf, Allah Shalom, Rebbitzin to Rebbitzin Mentoring Program. It's named for my grandmother, who was my role model in, in so many ways. She was a fabulous grandmother, but the fact that she and I had this, uh, this uh, connection point was invaluable. And we would discuss not only when I brought things t- to her table or to her desk, but she would talk to me about issues that she was struggling with. Hmm. And, uh, you know, at the, in her, well into her late 80s, she was approached by... Uh, Where was she in what community? She was, she was in Great Neck, mm-hmm. Long Island. Uh, my grandparents came there in 1956. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had been in Malden, Massachusetts first oh, wow. for two years, and then Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania for six years, and then they came to Great Neck. Uh, they, about six years of, after coming to Great Neck, my grandfather came to my grandmother and said, Elka, Texas, Texas is the next frontier, to which my grandmother responded, that's nice. I'm not leaving Great Neck. And she never did. Uh, of course, my grandfather stayed in Great Neck, too. And they, they built what Great Neck is today is really largely a measure to my grandparents' leadership. And obviously, uh, Rabbi and Rebbitzin Lerner came, and they helped to develop the community, the Young Israel, and then the Persian community. But when my grandparents came, the shul was in a house. There was no mikvah, no Eruv, uh, certainly no kosher restaurants. Uh, the day school was was just a fledgling day school. My Birmingham was similar in, in when you got to Birmingham? Um, was there a mikvah in Birmingham? There was a mikvah in Birmingham. Uh, there was no Eruv. Uh, there was an Eruv running from the house to the 
school, visual. which was next door to each <laughs> other. Uh, it, in certain ways, similar. In certain ways, very different. Great Neck had tremendous potential because right. it was in the New York, you know, area, the New York right. area. Birmingham, you know, the challenge is how do you bring uh, authentic, you know, practice to a community where it's not the norm and it's not even in the sort of greater orbit of of people and the way they think. So, my grandmother was approached. She was well into her eighties by uh, an older uh, rabbinic figure if she could uh, navigate a very dicey family situation. And she called me up and she said, I'm in my 80s. Why am I dealing with it? And, it was one of those new situations. Oh, huh? my gosh. And you know what? She brought Shalom to this family in, in a way that only she could. And that ability to really to have people's ear, but also to, for people to know that they have your ear, for people to know that there's a place to come to when they're struggling with something. And it could be something that's big or it could be something that's, you know, that's just resolvable in one visit, but you have an address right. to come to. And and I, that to me is just, uh, it's very, very powerful. Um, why has your husband's synagogue in the Philadelphia area grown as much as it has recently? Great question. So, we're very fortunate that we we're a university town, mm. and that we have an automatic feeder. In and obviously we don't take anything for granted, right. but we have so many schools in the area that graduate students are coming uh, in the droves. But what we've seen of late is that the entire community infrastructure has really stepped up, and the school system. Ha- we have new schools on the block, and all of that has created opportunities for for people to explore Philadelphia, not just as students, but if they've come as students to remain and to come not just at that sort of junior level, but to come in already established and coming for jobs, but jobs where they're, you know, moving it to lateral move or maybe, you know, an advancement, but it's they're right. coming in with high school students, elementary school students, not, you know, not as newly married couples. So it's very, very exciting. We, How long have you been there? We're there now 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, we lived in Birmingham for nine years. But what's particularly exciting is we actually dedicated last week a 10-room mikvah, freestanding mikvah, the Lower Marion community. Totally brand new. To- from Totally brand new. Uh, we The shul p- purchased the property, but it's the Lower Marion community mikvah, so we were able to get all the community, Orthodox community institutions involved uh, and committed to the project. We're now all praying for rain in Philadelphia. Gishmei <laughs> <laughs> uh, bracha. It's soon coming, I'm sure. <laughs> we had uh, we had a live from the Bora report yesterday that we still need more rain. So uh, everyone, you can keep praying for rain in Philadelphia, uh, and we're very excited. It speaks volumes for the community. We had over 500 people at the mikvah dedication, and we it's a community that's thriving and unified and just has potential to keep uh, keep growing. Baruch Hashem, it's. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, Reverend Dr. Adina Schmidman is here. She is the uh, the leader of the brand new uh, OU uh, creation, the Department of Women's Initiatives. By the way, we didn't uh, mention um, what I think is, is important. There are a lot of female scholars in our community who are relatively unknown. Some are known. Some are, are not known. And there are a lot of synagogues, I believe, in the United States, Orthodox synagogues, 
that are open to the idea of, of female scholars and residents visiting and, and lecturing, but they may maybe just have, to this point just either didn't know about them or didn't know that there's you know uh, there's there are people who can help them coordinate this. this is going to be one of the things that's coming out of your office. So I would say my office is partnering with the newly formed Speakers Bureau mm. that the OU began. Uh, I would my imp- uh, I think my understanding is that it began within the last year right. of really gathering together women scholars, male scholars, uh, rabbis, rebbitzins, teachers, people who have talent, but particularly on the women's side, the Orthodox Union is prepared to help and facilitate getting those scholars into shuls around the country and making that happen so that these women have the opportunity to contribute and to be on the if you will, playing field, right. uh, rather than sort of uh, kept in their own uh, in their own communities. I would bet that there are many young women in our community nationwide who would be inspired and would would uh, want to dedicate more time to their own Torah study if they saw women like you just described come to their community. And uh, I think so, and that yeah. and that's really the goal: get the women out there, let these young women see, let these young women have conversations with uh, with women of that caliber and i think it's it's all it's super exciting yeah well you seem to be excited about all of this <laughs> um <laughs> and i'm we, glad that's coming through <laughs> it certainly is and we wish you the best of luck in this it's going to be uh, very interesting as we uh watch a uh, what i would call a, a formalization a uh um a, a more formal um uh, department as the ou has um uh, has founded uh de- dealing with women's initiatives uh, the Orthodox Union, uh, they uh, announced the creation of the Department of Women's Initiatives to coordinate all of the OU's programming for women. Robinson Dr. Adina Schmidman, who's here this morning, is now leading the department, which is committed to advancing the spiritual, religious, and communal involvement of women at all stages of life and within all segments of the Orthodox community. has uh, I know there are rabbis who've written books about their experiences. Has any Robinson ever written a book about their experience? It's <laughs> a really good question. Yeah. I actually wrote one page of a book. It was going to be called, uh, <laughs> don't, don't, by the way, do not look for it anytime <laughs> soon <laughs> yeah. on Amazon. Uh, but it's, uh, the t- I had a title. Uh, it was called, t- I Never Thought 10 Was Such a Big Number, Dr- <laughs> Dreidels in Dixie. So I, I think that there are here and there books about Rebitsons. Uh I, I remember actually, ironically, in the library in Birmingham, finding a book about Rebitsons. Go no. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's very valuable to, for people to hear what what is it like to be a Rebitson. So uh, I think that at this point, um, with congregants still moving around i'm not sure if my book is coming out soon but i think it's very valuable for people to to hear about this role and the really the impact and reach that a rebitson has we do have role models positioned in each community and the 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 question really is how can rebitsons understand their impact and their reach and that's really why the mentoring program was set up so that more experienced Rebitsons can mentor younger Rebitsons and allow Rebitsons to find their voice and their confidence in their role. I would think the rabbinic experience 
would differ depending on the type and style of the Rebbitzin that is in that community. I would agree. Yeah. And and that's a challenge because Rebbitzins don't come in having been trained. Right. And the question is what's in their toolbox? And for many of them, there's really not much in their toolbox. Maybe they, if they come from a rabbinic family, they already have an right, advantage. Right, they might be familiar. If their husband comes from a rabbinic family, they may have an advantage. Right. But they may not have the skills to help them be as effective as they possibly can. But it's even more than just skills to be effective. It's the confidence and the understanding of their own role and their own, uh, their own pers- what they personally bring to the table. And that's very, very challenging. Um, for some Rebbitsons, this is not what they really envisioned their life <laughs> role to be. They all didn't sign up for this. Right? Correct. And so ha- how do you work through that? So I-, I think having a mentor really allows a woman to explore that in a way that's uh, safe. And there's a sense of trust. And there is, uh, in fact, it's next week, the Yeshiva University Center for the Future, Rebbitsons Yarche Kala, that creates a uh, venue to help with the training. In fact, we're excited that the mentoring program, which began at the Center for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, is now going to be a part. This, it, the mentoring program is now going to be a partnership between the Orthodox Union's Department for Women's Initiatives and Yeshiva University. So that's right. wonderful that we're now going to increase the scope, increase the reach, because, again, if you, if you give support to the Rebbitons, you're really... Uh, helping the rabbinic couple and the community, meaning the 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 mm-hmm. uh, way to to reach so many people through is through that through uh, investing in the Rebbitzin. Well, I think that well, that's wonderful, and I think in general this new initiative is great because I think it's going to uh, increase the desire of young women out there to be more involved, to find out more about the community, and to um, and to dedicate themselves more. To, I hope so to Torah and community. Um, Rebbitson, Dr. Adina Schmidman, the brand new director of the Department of Women's Initiatives at the OU. I thank you for spending all this time with us this morning. Thank you. A pleasure and good luck. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Hatzlacha Rabbah. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.